This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Back at it again for another edition of the Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com, iTunes, or the Talk 1073 mobile app. Climbing our way to episode number 150, 150, a pretty big milestone around here for our little podcast. Thank you all for joining us on this journey. And as I tell you every week, tell your friends about us. You can certainly share the posts about it if you follow me on Facebook and or Twitter about new shows, or you could subscribe on iTunes and just get a new show into your podcast inbox whenever there is a new one. Or if you're not an Apple user and you have trouble with that, you can go directly to the website podcast225.com to find out what's going on. And what's going on in America right now is the aftermath of another senseless act of violence. This one clearly an act of terror by a young man whose name I won't say, who after being shot, after running down some people in New York and actually in lower Manhattan, He killed eight people during what has been called a truck rampage. And we are learning now that ISIS encourages this as a part of their methodology to wreak terror on people. He considers what he did a success. According to news reports, investigators said they were able to talk to this guy And it's unclear what, if anything, investigators learned from him, though one official told ABC News that he was, quote, proud of the attack. They added that the suspect followed instructions for a truck attack that were distributed by ISIS to a T and had planned the attack for several weeks. He allegedly left behind a handwritten note in Arabic, that translates roughly to the Islamic State will never endure failure. Now, the location of the, t- of the attack was along the West Side Highway, where police said this guy intentionally mowed down pedestrians on the bike path with a rental truck. And that truck and all of that stuff is now the focus of an investigation. It's just unbelievable. He entered the United States through JFK Airport from Uzbekistan back in 2010. He came here under what we are now learning is something called a diversity visa program, which offers a lottery for people from countries with few immigrants in America. Who came up with that? He had a green card that allowed permanent legal residence. Now, after entering the country, he reportedly went from Ohio to Tampa and then to Patterson, where he lived with his wife and three children for several years. The white pickup truck that he drove, reading from the report here, was rented from a Home Depot store in New Jersey. It was rented the day... uh, I guess the day before... Or the day of, as a matter of fact. And just, it's, it's unbelievable to think about this. And so I give you all of that backstory as a little context to who's our guest today. It is Kelly LaDuff, 
son of Jeff Ledef, former Baton Rouge police chief here. And you've heard them on the show before. In fact, you've heard them advertise here on the show. And they've got a new piece of technology that deals with active shooters. I saw it some time ago and attended a presentation a couple of days ago. And I said I wanted to talk with him about it. It's pretty fascinating. It's unlike anything that you have heard of. Trust me on that. And it is very, very detailed. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it does. We're also going to talk some about the crime in Baton Rouge where we are and where we're doing this show. And how Baton Rouge has surpassed the record for number of murders in a year. Unbelievable, right? Well, it's true. So he and I will get into a conversation about that. Listen, as always, we encourage you to email us if you have a guest request or some something you'd like us to talk about. My email address at the show is clay at podcast225.com. We'll take a quick break and come back and talk with Kelly LaDuff here on The Clay Young Show. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodri. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com iTunes and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, as it relates to the markets or financials, what motivates people? Well, think about it. If you're retirement, you're 60, 65 or wiser, you want to have enough money to know you don't have to go back to work. Right. So what's the bigger driver? American greed, growth of your money. When the market's up, everybody wants to grow their money, right? Too many people want to get in too late, right? Uh, Ultimately, uh, fear. Fear is a big driver. I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen the markets go up. I've seen the markets go down. Let's not forget 2003, the markets corrected over 50%. Let's look back in uh, 2007 to 2008, the market corrected. Uh, Look, 1929, 2000, and now, high high PE ratios and low interest rates. Mm -hmm. Again, we have high PE ratios. The Schiller PE ratio is above 31. The average is 16. Wow. So as a national average, it's high. Yeah. We got Janet Yellen saying the market's got some, uh, it's top heavy. We've got some tax benefits coming our way. But the question is, if you think the market's high, now's the time to come in to protect some of your gains. BrianLowFinancial.com. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Back with Kelly LaDuff, one of the owners of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consultants, and they have a new piece of technology that I got a chance to see. Well, actually, truth be told, I saw it a few weeks ago. You had the inside track. (laughs) I had the inside track on that. And for the public in the Capital Region, they got a chance to see it earlier this week. So let's talk about what this what this technology is and the irony of announcing it to the public this week especially well you know clay i think it would be ironic any week that yeah. we release it because every week's the same now yeah it does you know we, we talked about it I, you right. know i laughed and me and my dad were talking i said you know is it ironic you know with everything that's happened this week and the more we talked about it it was this week was like last week and the week before mm-hmm. it's a constantly reoccurring thing but um, what we have is the nation's only blue police pull box. Mm-hmm. Um, looks just like a firebox. It mm-hmm. functions the same. We did that on purpose. Uh, however, it's blue and it says police. Mm-hmm. So it does for police officers what 
fire alarms does for the fire department, mm-hmm. plus a lot more. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine who is a high up in an operation here about the technology. I actually invited her to the the presentation on Monday. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make it because they had some people in town. And we were, ex- I was explaining how it works and trying to do it in layman's terms right. so that she could get it. And she was like, wow, really? I said, yeah, it, it really does interconnect all of the people in your building. And in her case, it's a campus. It's not a, it's not a, it's a, you know, campus. Most people think about schools, but a lot of series of buildings on one piece of real estate right. is considered a campus too. And then it connects you to the police. So for the person listening to this who says, okay, I have a small operation or I work at a school or I work somewhere with a number of employees, how does this affect them? Well, the first thing we like to say is we can make this dress fit whoever you want it to fit. Okay. And we do that purposely because I think too many alarm companies and too many people that sell technology, they only go after the big fish. Yeah. Well, once we figured out that we can connect this technology to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. We said, we don't care if you have five employees or 5,000. Right. We want to put this technology in your building. And we fluctuate our budgets to fit who our clientele is. Mm -hmm. When we first started this, it became about mass notification. Yeah. Um, It's a hot word now, Mm -hmm. active shooter, Mm -hmm. mass notification. Mm -hmm. Well, we've been in this culture now for seven years, teaching this training Mm -hmm. to businesses across the country. And we've watched the shift go from, uh, I think those guys are crazy and a bit paranoid, which was the thought five, six years ago, mm-hmm. to now everyone wants to know what we have to say. Yeah. So <clears throat> the word lockdown, active shooter, yep. um, active shooting, run, hide, fight. These are mm-hmm. things people are getting used to now. So what unfortunately. has, unfortunately, what's really driving it, Clay, for business is lawsuits. It's litigious reasons. Uh, no one follows these incidents all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, San Bernardino, mm-hmm. workplace Christmas party. Yep. The the death and the casualty that came that day is the most horrific part of it. Mm-hmm. But there's also the financial death that businesses go through as oh, well. Sure. Because the attorneys of the families yeah. are going to come in and they're going to comb through what did you have in place to protect right. my sister, my brother, right. my son, my sure, daughter, sure. my wife, my husband. And so... I thought was, how do you notify everyone on a campus, like you said? Because a lot of workplaces are so large, it's a campus, it's sprawling. How do you notify one employee at the same time as you notify the other? And so the best way and the most simple way in layman terms that we explain the technology is that there's two parts. There's the police pool stations, and then there's a mass notification portal that we have. They are combined. It's just two parts of our product. Okay. The police pull station is what exactly? When you pull the police pull station, it's it goes on the wall next to a red. So fire in other alarm. words, it is the lever that it is the actual lever that looks like a fire alarm pull, but it's blue and it says police. So when you say pull station, you're talking about an action or an, a, a, an active piece of material that you use. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I'm glad you said it that way. So exactly that. Yeah. Just like a fire alarm, mm-hmm. you would push the lever in and yeah. pull it down yeah. to call police. Right. So when that happens, two things go. Number one, that goes to a monitoring station that's a nationally ranked monitoring company, mm-hmm. 24-7, 365. Right. Representatives are there. Yeah. They get the alert from your business. They call 911, your local dispatch, not 911. Let me correct that yeah, because yeah. I want to talk about uh, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a big issue mm-hmm. in incidents now. 
they call dispatch right directly to directly who, to the law enforcement office yes whether it not be sheriff or police in in our case here exactly from there they tell them specifics because our boxes are labeled in a diagram. Okay. So even dispatch knows exactly what floor, what's the name of that area. All of that's being conveyed to dispatch. How do they get those specifics? When we come into a business, we design the layout with the help of the company's leadership, mm-hmm. admin, security, sure. whoever they whoever they desire. Okay. And it's it's not coded yet like fire is okay this is a new thing yeah um by us being in baton rouge it puts baton rouge on the forefront of this technology Mm -hmm. also absolutely which we're blessed to be a part of yep so what happens is we get to look at the flow of the way people enter and exit the business where's our high traffic areas for public Mm -hmm. visitors during the day so we look at a plethora of things to make the decision on where we put the boxes we then design a layout or use their current current fire diagram that they may have you know for exit purposes mm-hmm. so we use that and we place the pull stations strategically where they are on site okay and we label them we use the business's help to give those devices a name we communicate that to the monitoring company mm-hmm. and now they know that so if that box is pulled on a second floor er at a hospital mm-hmm. when they communicate to local dispatch they're going to tell them that Okay. So law enforcement immediately knows that's what I call the old way. Okay. We actually use that as a redundancy mm-hmm. to the new way, which is the second part of our technology, which is the mass notification portal. So I don't want to go too far away So let, because yeah. I want people to be able to visualize this. So let's say you are in a supermarket, mm-hmm. okay? Or a grocery store, you know, let's say it that way, grocery store. I don't know, people say supermarket anymore. <laughs> but you're, you're, in a, you're in a shopping center, and there is someone in there with a gun. So let's say you're in, the, you're in the back corner, and somebody is back there. What's the protocol then? Is, are you, do you have to get to where a lever is to pull it, or what happens? Yes, you, just like fire. Yeah. You have to get to it and pull it. Mm-hmm. And we design the boxes and put them in places in the layout phase so that it's strategic to mm-hmm. where you need to get to exit or okay. where you need to get to hide, okay. which is where the run, hide, fight comes from, the right. national standard and these things. Um, so what happens when you pull one, A, you go the old way I just talked about, mm-hmm. which is very reliable and it's, it's still fast. But with the mass notification portal, it takes seven seconds from when that lever is pulled for every employee on site to get an email and a cell phone text mm-hmm. message that shows them a diagram of where on campus or on site the device was pulled. Mm-hmm. And it also shows the camera icons to allow them to easily touch on their cell phone right. and get real-time information to aid in their decision and whether to run or hide or fight. So it, it alerts law enforcement to where and where in a building Something is going on. Yep. And the original design was only to push to employees, Mm -hmm. the mass notification part. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when me and my dad sat down during the developmental phase and talked more about this. And we said, this can go to police. Yeah. Police officers have cell phones. Right. They have laptops. Absolutely. And so we met with various law enforcement agencies in the South. Mm -hmm. And we've actually done some training with EBR SWAT and leadership and BRPD SWAT and leadership. Mm -hmm. And when we showed it to them, they're like, if any business gets this in my district, sign my personal cell phone number up. Yeah. Put my work email. I want this information. 
So the information, and to give an example, during a presentation that, that y'all had a couple of days ago as, as we record this, when people are texting or communicating back to the number what they see, if the majority of the terms used are uh, tall, blue jacket, rifle, or something like that, it extrapolates from all of the words used, the words used the most. Yep. It has a common word filter. That is brilliant and so necessary because as an example yesterday, again, as we sit to record this, (laughs) there was a terrorist attack in New York. Yep. And the stories, because I was almost watching it in in real time, because when it hit, you know, I start watching it and paying attention, and all the details are sketchy. They don't really know very much. They don't know if he was shooting at people while he was driving, or if he was shooting and then jumped in and drove, or shot when he got out. But there are people who saw it. So in a, in a similar scenario, in a building where there is a suspect or a, a group of suspects, if people see them and they're giving similar descriptions, the the composite is going to be based upon the most descriptive words used, correct? Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. And it was done with the thought of major businesses and universities. Right. If you have 3,000 employees, let's take a local university here. Right. If they have 6,000 students and 3,000 faculty and staff, as information starts to come in, no different than the Orlando shooting yeah. at Pulse nightclub, yeah. law enforcement had various numbers of texts, I think upwards of 3,200 text messages. Mm -hmm. If Pulse nightclub would have had one of our systems, Mm -hmm. number one, law enforcement would have been able to access cameras. A lot of businesses have cameras, but they're sitting in an IT closet with a monitor on top Mm -hmm. of a metal chair, Mm -hmm. and nobody ever sees them until they need them for back-end litigious purposes. Now, how does that work with this, though, with the cameras? So you've got the connectivity to people on their cell phones, or, or what have you, and and then you can alert law enforcement, but kind of put this all together where they're, connect the dots between all the pieces in the building and law enforcement and all of that. Right, so it's we wanted something that everyone used, and we saw a study that Florida University of Florida did, mm-hmm. and I'm an LSU guy, so I hate to give Florida credit, <laughs> That's right. but the study said that most people touch their cell phones 92 times a day. That's important. Wow. A lot of people don't understand the SNS and sympathetic response Mm -hmm. in a fight or flight Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Unless you've ever been in one, you don't understand it. Yeah. So when you think about what happens to your body, the more muscle memory you have, the better. Mm -hmm. It's why police officers constantly go to the range. Right. It's why they have to learn their holster, how to quickly arm and disarm. Right. Right. So same thing with a cell phone. And everybody has one. Mm -hmm. It might not be a smartphone, it might be a Samsung, it might be an iPhone, but everybody has one. So we purposely did not want to put an app on Mm -hmm. people's phone. Mm -hmm. Three years ago, apps were the craze. Universities, hospitals, everybody wanted an app. The wall that they hit was that the company, the employees, the students do not want an app from the business on their phone. Right. Are they watching where I'm going? Right. Do they know how long I'm taking a lunch break? Right, right. So with us, <laughs> if you're an employee at a business that has our technology, somebody pulls that lever, your phone number, you have that number saved already because yeah. we've done a PR campaign at your business. Yeah. We assign sticky numbers to a business to where every time a device is pulled or an activation occurs, that same number is coming to your phone. Wow. So you know when you see, for instance, Cajun yeah. is one of our first clients here. Cajun Industries. In yeah, the, Cajun. Baton Rouge. So they save theirs as Cajun Safety Alert. Yeah. 
So if an employee's phone goes off and they're, in, they're, they're, they're requested to save it as such, they know to stop what they're doing and get that information. Mm-hmm. There's a voice call that's going to be automated depending on what device was pulled to say there's a blue point weapons alert threat, second floor, such and such building, mm-hmm. whatever the description is. They know to go to their text messages and there'll be two links. One link will say live which will show administrators, the people in charge, mm-hmm. everything that's coming inbound from employees. Right. They'll also get a link that says VPI. That's a visual point identification. That's the map. So an employee sitting on the second floor of, of their work area is able to look and say, this is not in my building. Let me check the cameras. This is a real incident. This guy does have a gun. Mm-hmm. They're able to decide. Do you run or hide or fight? And, Clay, I keep saying decide because we don't know where it's going to be, who it's going to be, or when it's going to be. Right. So for years, companies gave blanketed instructions. Mm -hmm. You can't do that anymore. No. What about companies that don't have either cameras or don't have cameras everywhere? Our system can function without a camera. Okay. We have some clients that only use our mass notification portal. Mm -hmm. We're doing a local university right now who's moving away from the app and only using our mass notification portal, which is called Command and Control. Right. So they don't have blue boxes. Mm -hmm. They're only going to use this to send text messages involving critical information to faculty, staff, and students. Why? Why hasn't this existed before? Technology had to get smaller. Okay. You know, uh, my dad always tells a story. I mean, eight, nine years ago, um, he's been retired now seven years. But before he left, him along with the superintendent of the school board and other people worked with a company that had a similar vision, Mm -hmm. but it was only for schools. Okay. The hook ended up being that every law enforcement officer would have to put a $2,500 dongle in their laptop okay. to make this program work. Yeah. So you do 800 I patrol units. what the hell a dongle is. For a somebody. dongle is just a USB. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. It's just like a flash drive. It's just like a flash drive. <laughs> right. But you do 2,500 times 800 units, and it right. definitely wasn't cost effective. Right. So all these years later, technology has evolved into a point where I can take a business's IP address off of cameras, mm-hmm. send it to my monitoring company, and have them send it at one time in an open link to everyone saved in that business's mass notification okay. portal. So this is, the, it's so interesting because of the, the world we live in now. When Columbine happened all those years ago, it was so horrific for the public to think not only about something like this, but something like this with children. Right. Man, we've come a long way since then. I mean, way. it's happened at schools since then. We've have, obviously, that, that was... Before, uh, you know, really the Internet and social media and everything as we know exists. And then we've had all these other things. And then just yesterday, a normal afternoon in New York, in Manhattan, and this guy does this and we're learning all these things after the fact. And the invariably, the discussion has to be, what do you do to save lives when it happens? Yep. Because the inevitability of it, it unfortunately, it's here that it's going to happen again. And we all hope and pray that we don't see ourselves or our loved ones involved, but you want to be sure that they're okay. When you saw this thing in New York, it was outside, so that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's in an area that people use for good reasons consistently. It's a bike path. 
So how does something like this apply to that or can it even apply in a situation like that? Yeah, it can. You know, as this, I'm going to tell you, let me answer it like this. Fire mm-hmm. has shown us the way. Oh, okay, how so? The, the fire industry did a very good job of using training and technology yeah. to fix a problem. Right. What we're seeing now in death totals around active shooter and mm-hmm. violence and terrorism mm-hmm. is very similar to what we saw in the 30s and 40s here in America with fire. Yeah, Hundreds of thousands of people were dying every year from fires. Mm-hmm. We were finding our way with electricity mm-hmm. and, you know, fire. And so we didn't have smoke alarm, smoke yeah. detection. Yeah. So for us, it was one simple Google search. When was the last time a child died in a school fire? And it was 1958. When you think about yeah. how long yeah. that technology... I think I heard y'all quote that statistic at, at the presentation, and it does make sense that because technology has come so far that the alert is faster. And, and, and then there was so much more activity in the way of preparation for fire. You know, mandatory fire drills, where to go. It's kind of like with hurricanes or tornadoes. What do you do? Where do you go in a house? Well, in a situation like where we are now... We need to have active shooter drills or you know, some kind of terrorist activity drill where people know where to go. The city, you, you well, I want to, we're going to jump ahead and then back. You guys did something as it relates to a school here that was announced at the event earlier this week. Tell everybody what that was. Well, you know, when we first saw Councilman Tyra Wicker yeah. on TV saying yeah. that one of the ways that we need to fight our crime problem and record-breaking, you know, homicide numbers is through technology. Yeah. And that was an amen to everything mm-hmm. that we say. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to her immediately because her vision was to do something similar to what New Orleans had done. And Which that was, was to just go out into communities, find homes, and put cameras up. Yeah. And we have done a lot of research on what New Orleans done. And the only issue with that is that once a crime, a homicide, or something significant happens... Detectives have to go back to that home, beat on the door, go in, bring a disc, get that information and walk out. So over time, the community backed away from it. So we called her and explained to her how we can take our technology, integrate it with IP cameras. When I say IP cameras, Clay, that's a common thing. Mm -hmm. It is very rare that you find a business in 2017 that doesn't have IP cameras. That is what most people have. Mm-hmm. It connects to your NVR, your yeah, DVR, yeah, yeah. internet, everything. So we get those IP addresses. A company doesn't even have to have our system. Yeah. Just if you want to help law enforcement and give them your outside cameras, right. not your inside right. proprietary cameras. Sure. We don't want to see your employees. Sure. But let law enforcement see that camera that's facing the street. So what we or the did, door, seeing who's coming door. in and out of there. Exactly. Yeah. So what we did was talk to her about integrating our software to help dispatch and combat this problem. But in doing so, we really took a look at one high school in particular mm-hmm. that has, just because of the logistics of the way the building is shaped, um, it being in the middle of a neighborhood, it's a busy area, we wanted to give this to a school. We, we've been fortunate enough to, to make a little bit of money across our territory selling this product the sure. past couple months, sure. and we wanted to give back. So what we've decided to do, and we, do, we did this with the permission of the local school board here yeah. in EBR yeah. and the superintendent. Yeah. We're giving McKinley High right. a system. Right. We're going to give I mean, them that, an entire system. That's impressive, system. and, and the, the ticket on this is? It's about a $38,000 giveaway. And so giving it to them. 
And so that's a big deal in schools. And for somebody asked a question, and I know it was music to your ears when somebody asked about uh, mandating it or what word did he use for it? Uh, uh, an, an ordinance, ordinance. Yeah. an ordinance that would well basically do the same thing. Say that you know for new businesses here, you have to have this now. The businesses do pay the freight of having the equipment and using it. Yes. The law enforcement agencies do not pay for this. It, it is a gift to law enforcement. Yeah. Which, which in turn helps them get information faster than they can get it right now in so many bad situations. I mean, you saw it just the other day at the event, Clay. Literally, from the time a device is pulled, I don't care whether you have 6,000 employees or 60. Seven seconds. Oh yeah, it's going to employees oh, and yeah. law enforcement. Because I mean, there were text messages going off. You guys had loaded my phone in, and some people, and they're, yeah. they're buzzing and pinging at the same time, which is good because, for example, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the shooter in Vegas, I had some friends who were there, and they were out on the strip on another end while this was happening, but they never heard it. Right. Because it's such a big area, they obviously they didn't hear it, the sound didn't travel that far, they're too far away to hear people screaming, so they were unaware. What about some kind of a notif- notification like that on a larger scale? Is, it, is that feasible? Yes, but you know what we're doing right now in lieu of that? WAFB app. Oh, sure. The Advocate app. Absolutely. But yeah, see, I load those and keep those yes. because it almost is immediate that when something happens, they get the push notifications. And I, and I love those people. Yeah. And the reason that we're getting it faster and faster is because of the competitive nature of no news. No question. They want to be the firstest no, with the no, mostest. No, that's right. That's that, right. That's, that's the game, right. right? That's right. But for us, imagine if BRPD can control that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if BRPD, you say, I want to know what's going on in this city. Mm-hmm. And with one push, push of a button, BRPD can let whoever's registered in their mm-hmm. database mm-hmm. know what's going on and where. That's game changer. That is a game changer. Let's let's transition a little bit. And, and what's your, if people want to know more about this, as I'm sure businesses listening may want to, and I encourage them to, how can they reach you to find out about that? They can visit our website at uh, www.haveopeneyes.com. Um, in fact, we encourage them to go. We have a, a seven-minute video we put on there, Clay, that really, really, really um, details the product. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's a lot to take in. No matter how hard I try, it's still something you have to see and feel and touch well, it's a to really thing. get. You got to take it seriously. Well, and yeah, and you know, it's 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 how you dial nine one one in the twenty first century. Yeah. So people need to see it. But our website again is haveopeneyes.com. Uh, they can give us a call at two two five three one three. 9713. And again, no business is too big or small. You referenced something earlier before I move on mm-hmm. about 911. And you were saying you wanted to address that being okay. a part of this equation. Let's go back. And to I that do. Point. I'm glad you said that. A lot of people don't realize a couple things. Number one, I think people are really misinformed as to the volume of police officers that work in their district. Mm-hmm. I think people think, oh, I've got 30 or 40 officers work right here in my area. It's not true. It's the way that they move. It's yeah. their patterns. Yeah. There's probably legitimately 7 to 10 people in a district on Monday through Thursday. So that first of all, there's not a lot of police. The second thing is when you call 911, that's one dispatch. Mm-hmm. That's why they tell you, hold on after they get your information. And then they send you to where you need to go next. Right. And then you have to give that pitch to local dispatch. Mm-hmm. The thing that would have stopped what happened or reduced the number of people that were hurt yesterday or in any of the other mass shootings mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. is time. Yeah. Seconds save lives. Yep. The 
whatever amount of time you can cut off of getting law enforcement information and getting them involved, that's going to help people. Right now, that's the biggest hurdle we got to overcome. I just don't think people realize if something's happening at your business and you have to call 911, that however many seconds on top of your next conversation, Mm -hmm. on top of a couple hold-ons a minute, on top of a can you repeat that, on top of being dispatched to officers who then have to respond to everything that's going on. Right. That time is hurting us. We're too smart. We've got to do better with that. I I think you're right. And removing people out of the process always makes the process more simple. Absolutely. You mentioned the, the, the crime here in Baton Rouge. And as we sat at the, at your presentation on Monday, I mean, the number is different since then now. And Man, I don't know what to say because it's bad and there are two months left. We are just starting the 11th month, so you still got 60 days left in the year. Two rough months because yeah, Christmas two, is a hard time. That's, that's right. What What's going on? You know, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of issues, Clay, and I know you know it because you're involved in the community and we see everything that you do. Is Is the drug problem tied into this? I think mental health no is tied into this. No question. Um, I think I, I said last night to my wife, I said, there's no way we'll get through Halloween without somebody doing something crazy. Well, there were what, two shootings last night? Two shootings. Yeah. It's, I think we have a lot of copycats now. Yeah. I think that mental illness plays a role in, oh, I need to do that. Yeah. I can do that better. Yeah. yeah. I, I can, you know, I mean, what we saw here as a city last July mm-hmm. was mental illness. No question. You know, so... I think mental illness is at the heart of it. Um, we, we can't turn our back on our mentally ill. Mental illness is a, plays a role in my family. Mm. And too many people are sleeping under bridges or mm-hmm. sleeping in prisons mm-hmm. that have mental illness. And no we've got to find a better thing to do with that. But we, we, we've got to get to our kids. You know, 18 to 25, it's hard to try to steer that ship mm-hmm. in another way. I'm not saying give up on them. But we've got to get our kids to do something different to, to change these generational curses that they're having i agree and and you know you were a part of this we walked out into an inner city area of baton rouge as we sit and do this i guess going on a couple of weeks ago and we're getting ready to do it again in a few days and it's amazing when people see how many good folks live in the inner city and i've often said to people that being poor doesn't mean that you're criminal or all these things. It's just a function of life. And some people are limited by their experiences and their knowledge, not by their ambition. Absolutely. And it's, it's just amazing. But when you see the number of young lives being snuffed out over absolute (sighs) foolishness, man, and these kids have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram beefs, and that stuff spills over into shooting at one another. Let, let me ask you this question, and I want your opinion on this because you said it earlier, and this is a debate I have with folks all the time. Has the Internet made the world flatter in the sense that we now know everything that's going on? Mm-hmm. Or are things just worse now? I just think... I don't know that I would say things are worse because we've had so many bad bad periods in American history that mm-hmm. have existed from obviously slavery and, and the Civil War and some of the other economic and social issues that we've faced over time. There's always been valleys that we've faced. Mm-hmm. The difference between then and now is how tied we are 
to other people's misery. And also somebody who is interested in just being an a-hole. Yeah. Used to only be able to be an a-hole to the people sitting on their front porch or on their patio or in the office with them. Now they got billions of people on social media that they can just show their whole behind to and draw attention and just get a reaction. And the other part is, I don't think it is important. And I know I sound like a dinosaur when I say this. I don't think it's important to know everything about your life or have you know everything about my life. I mean, in general, obviously, you know, you and I, we're, we're like family, you know, with, but, but I mean, just in, with strangers, somebody you don't know. I agree. I don't need to know everything about your life. And please understand, you ain't, there's no way in hell you're going to know everything about mine. It's gone now. It's gone. It's gone. There is no more privacy. And so what happens is all of this, when we, learn, when we see that ISIS is using social media to recruit people. It's crazy. ISIS is on Facebook ISIS is recruiting on Facebook. people. And some of these douchebags are actually on there having conversations about it. And so, you know, the Internet has made the world in so many ways better. Yeah, the access to information and the technology that we can learn about, like what you're doing, that is better. I just think people who are destructive without the Internet are just a little bit more. They're just aware. finding new ways to do it. Yeah. And the other thing is you, you get to online, you get justification yeah. for your BS. No question. If, if, if you get three people that amen what you're doing, oh, you man. believe it. Oh, man. And it's a psychological thing. You know, it, mentorship. I know that, that, that you and Jeff have done a lot for people you know, in and around South Louisiana. And talking about, why don't you talk a little bit about why it's so important for mentorship in our inner cities and just with young men, period? Uh, I can tell you one thing for me. I think anybody who's listening to this now or if you know someone like this, call them and confront them. Anybody Mm -hmm. that says, it's not my problem. (laughs) My my kids are fine. I work in a good place. I live in a good neighborhood. If anyone believes that, shame on them. Right. Because I am telling you, I just finished leaving. Keep that up. Yeah, keep it up. I I just finished leaving a funeral home Mm -hmm. that that is getting this technology. And there were five families in offices and three in waiting rooms. Mm. And when you realize what's happening in our city, it's everybody's problem. Right. But the reason mentorship is so important to me, Clay, is because I knew growing up, you know, as a as a as a black man in Baton Rouge, my father, I was the only man I knew in my family, pretty much or in my neighborhood that had a dad. Mm-hmm. I did not know not not any of my friends. Very few cousins had a dad. Yeah. And if they did, even a smaller group were as involved as my father was. Mm-hmm. I never shied away from that. Yeah. I never not kissed my dad in oh, public yeah. when I saw oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew I was blessed. Sure. I was privileged to have a father. And a lot of these kids out here in our community, they don't dictate the situation that they're placed in. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask for their their dad to go commit a crime and Mm -hmm. get a 15-year sentence. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask to live in a neighborhood where their mom decided that they're going to live and and, and grow. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, I don't look at anybody, regardless of color, and say that an eighth grader, made his mind up to be in a position that he's in. Absolutely agree. So if I could give him anything, knowledge, time, money, whatever it is, 
if you change one, you change them all. No question. And I just firmly believe that. Well, I, I think you're spot on. There's nothing I can add to that. And, and one of the things that we, we were doing when we go out and meet these folks in the inner city is that they're just regular people. I told some, some people that we invited to, who out there that you're going to find out that it's just average, regular yes. people. And, and that's it. And so many people came back with a different perspective. And it's like, well, that's the shame of media because what did you think you were going to see? Right. What did you think you were going to hear? Right. And so, again, I just wanted to push this and we kind of we're doing this because we want to exchange perspectives with one another get to know people and, and I, I i do i mean you 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 give folks a lot of credit on here i want to give you credit for coming up with that idea and working with <laughs> well, the people you're working with well you know, y'all we, are in that and you know we, we it's part of that unbroken chain yeah man so it, so, it makes sense yeah. but when you can walk around you know our thing is we're picking up trash and i'm all about that i don't <laughs> mind getting dirty right. Uh, if, if if Hill is listening, tell him don't weed eat a front yard ever again in his life. That's the worst prank I've ever seen somebody do to a man. Is what your man, what your dad did to Hill or more. <laughs> so so if you're listening to this, and obviously you don't know, and there was video of of, of District Attorney Hill or more working a weed out, weed whacker in somebody's yard, and so Hiller, the, uh, I guess the gentleman asked Hiller to. To mow his lawn. Yeah. Hey, man, I'd love to get my lawn cut. So Hitler starts in on it with his weed eater and is asking your dad, you know, well, send the lawn more. <laughs> and Jeff's like, mm-hmm. And so he's he's going going to town. Can y'all imagine how long it would take you to cut a lawn, mow a lawn with a weed eater? So he looks up at Jeff, and Jeff finally said, there is no lawn more. <laughs> Hitler's eyes got big as, as oranges. It's like, what? Man, that was the funniest thing. And then it ended up having you and him. You, you guys both jumped in to help. That was it took funny. about five of us, man, and uh, my elbows <laughs> it took were about sore. Thirty minutes, yeah. But we got the, we got the grass cut. <laughs> hey, man, he got his. That was the most expensive lawn job in the history of Baton Rouge. I'm telling you, but you know, to see the people that came out and gave a thumbs up, you know, or the little small. Our thing is report cards. Yeah, we we love the kids. Show yeah. me those report cards. Yeah. They got good grades, man. Yep. We we got some ice cream money for them. But see, that is a good thing. That is that ties accomplishment to reward. Absolutely. And see, I think when you get a kid to be addicted to rewards that come with accomplishment, then they'll always want to accomplish something because in their mind, they're going to believe, okay, I earned this. Yeah. It wasn't just given to me. I worked hard and made this happen, and this is my reward. I remember having it done to me as a kid, man. And I and I do it with mine, and I did it with mine. And and the thing is, it's it was always about real earning it because there's nothing like knowing that you legit earned something. Absolutely. And you can always say, "You give me this, I earned I this." I earned it, right? And so I think we should give that to our kids again. If people want to learn more about open eyes, not just the 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 technology, we're just talking about the blue box, but if they want to be able to talk with you about doing a once over of their buildings or their company's security, because you guys do that as well. Tell yeah. them how they can reach y'all. Uh, we spent seven years doing training and consulting for, for businesses all across the country, all across this world. Um, again, they can go to our website, haveopeneyes.com, H A V E. Open Eyes, O-P-E-N-E-Y-E-S. And Clay, you know, people ask us all the time, why did we name the company Open Eyes? And when I thought about this idea and I talked my dad into doing it seven <laughs> years ago. To get him off that couch. I had to get him off. He was getting fat. <laughs> 
So when I talked him into doing As it. he's cussing at his, at his podcast machine, yeah, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, we... We were thinking about things he said, yeah. and I remember I was living out of out of state at the time right. with my other job when he was chief. I remember coming home watching him do a talk, and man, anybody knows my dad knows he's passionate. Yeah, and uh, he was saying that there's really and it, it holds true for this conversation. So I'll say it: there's really only ten percent of our community causing ninety percent of the problems. Truth, and he would always say, "See them before they see you." Right. So when we threw names around, man, he said, "Open eyes." And I say, you know what? I'm all for it. It works. And, you know, and, and for people listening, obviously, I support what y'all are doing. And this is an infomercial. Well, it kind of isn't because we came to talk about what happened in New York. But also, I support what you're doing because I love y'all to death. Y'all are in this. And then the other part of this is the information is what is so key. It is. And people not having the information is what could get people killed. I'm telling you, Clay, people don't realize this. It's a simple thought in law enforcement. Three things always happen every yeah. time there's a crime. Yeah. You have to have somebody who's willing to commit that crime. Mm-hmm. You have to have something they want that can be an object. It could be it could be a person. It could mm-hmm. be you. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have the opportunity. Yep. If we learn to control and take away those opportunities, mm-hmm. we reduce our chances of being a victim. And we we just wanted to do something. I tell people all the time, if our product's not the answer and there's something better, We'll pack up and go do oh, something sure. else. I'm but, all for it. But, you know, there and there's the one other obvious thing that happens with technology like this is when bad guys know the technology exists, it does have an impact. It's like when people put the sign out in front of their homes saying that their home is protected by XYZ security mm-hmm. company or whatever. That is a sign to anybody who would think to come in and get into there that, okay, there's an alarm system. And now that people have cameras, and that's becoming a, a very widespread thing, Absolutely. that people do have cameras at their homes, I think that that is going to, that branding is going to have an impact on what houses are broken into. That's the opportunity. Yeah. So imagine you're a business. Every business pushes their secretary on an island by mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose. Sure. It's just the nature yeah, of sure. how it works. Sure. Imagine she has a blue police box next to her. Yeah. And she's able to say, I'm going to ask you to leave one more time because mm-hmm. if I pull this box, law enforcement is going to get a text with that video camera recording you right, right above your head right. and you're going to jail. Right. You give them a tool. Right. It's called target hardening. You harden your target. I just think we've got to we're smarter yeah. than this. We got to quit letting them beat us every time. It's more and more and more. The record was was San Bernardino. Then Mateen broke that record yeah. in, in Pulse and then. Las Vegas yeah. broke the record on Period. Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is it going to stop? Yeah. And if you think it won't show up to your job or your child's school, yeah. shame on you. Yeah, you got your head in the ground. Well, man, I appreciate it, Kells. And, uh, and, you know, I'll see you in a couple days when we're out there uh, you know, walking through Old South Baton Rouge. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing some people. Open Eyes Safety and Training Consultant. Ask about that blue box when you give him a call. Stay safe. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. 
posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here, and listen, if you are trying to sell your home but you want to save money, Let me tell you something. Denise Harris with REMAX Preferred Choice has the answer. Denise, let's talk about that. Yes, Clay. I'm really, really excited to talk about this promotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're offering a commission of 3.6%. That's Mm -hmm. all you pay. Right. Instead of paying a 6% or a 5%, we're offering you the same services for 3.6%. So you save money, thousands. Yes. And what else do you get? You get a full service listing. Okay. And professionals, full-time agents that are here to service you. You also get professional photos. Right. That's how people shop now. Professional photos are going to help you sell your property. So don't miss the opportunity to get this help. Contact Denise Harris and Annie McGarner right now. How can people reach you? Let us know that you heard it on Q106. Give us a call at 291-4440, 291-4440. Or you can stop by our office at 3300 North Shore Forest Drive. We're here to service you. That's REMAX Preferred Choice. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. You know, when we walked a couple of weeks ago in a part of Baton Rouge, I heard a number of people say that if I'd known about it, I might have been a part of it. And I really did. I didn't want this to become a spectacle. And I wanted it to be sincere in terms of who was out there and why people were out there. And so we're going to be going out again. So be on the lookout for information as to where you can meet us if you want to join our efforts to walk in the community and meet people who are living in some pretty tough situations. Also, you got all that information from Kelly about where you can reach him and how you can get more information on that, whether it is for your business or if you'd like to suggest it to your employer. Uh, It's pretty fascinating. It is pretty fascinating equipment. The Blue Box. So thanks again for being here with us. Our prayers go out to the people in New York City. Mental illness and everything around it is real. And these idiots who are belonging to ISIS and all of these terror groups are very, very committed to the violence and terror that they hope to inflict on society. I believe we have to be just as committed to stopping them. Because no one deserved what happened to those people in Manhattan. Not the people murdered or injured or anybody connected to it. It's a shame. So, again, thoughts and prayers to the people in New York. And with that, guys, we'll see you next week here on Podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.